everybody, and welcome to another episode of Too Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we have not seen based on nothing but their weird descriptions. I'm Branley. And I'm Albert, and today we're kicking things off with the art of war. Yes. Yeah. I th- okay. I ha- There's a third person in the room here, and they have promised to be quiet, and they have done well so far, but so the making- waving... Like, this is what we talk about when we mention, like, going straight up to the line and, like, leaning over. That's still distracting. I need you to be silent and I, not like, not know that you're there. The less that I know that you're there, the better. Also, stop touching the table. Today we're kicking things off with The Art of War. Sun Tzu. Yes, that, that classic treatise on how to... Lead an army and beat people up that middle managers in, like, office buildings have to read for some reason. <laughs> like, I've read it, Brantley, and, I mean, it's not completely worthless. Like, there's some sort of higher level, like, psychological manipulation of your enemy and outmaneuvering and stuff that you could project maybe into the business world. But then he gets into, like, if your enemy is on rough terrain and you're on easy terrain and you have lots of food and you're just like i don't see how this Up applies market versus rocky market i like it no no we will I, force this metaphor home as hard as possible like whenever i make an arbitrary comparison i just fight it so you know that they had to make a movie of this thing and it, it's gonna have oh what is his name i wesley snipes i almost forgot his the guy's name who's in it this is a wesley snipes action flick and here we go Interesting casting of Sun Tzu, but all right. (laughs) The plot of The Art of War revolves around the activities of covert United Nations operative Neil Shaw, who is sent on James Bond-style missions in exotic locales by his boss, Eleanor Hooks, who acts under the guidance of the peacemongering UN Security General Douglas Thomas. (laughs) Peacemonger. Secretary General, sir. Oh, did I not say Secretary Security General? General. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I was... <laughs> that, that's not the weirdest thing that somebody could say. Security General. Form sounds up. like it's someone who's achieved security, but it's like really big on having a good title. I'm the Security General, sir. He's the chief. He's my second in command. There's only two of you, and I just hired you to watch this warehouse. I, I don't care. Very seriously, sir. I don't care who's the colonel or the general or whatever. Just stop them from stealing my ramen pallets. <laughs> just parades around the full military dress the whole time. Yeah. In front of the building, marching back and forth. Hut, two, three, four, hut. Still more effective than the actual United Nations. <sighs> The, the I one of the things that was interesting I was as I was researching this particular episode was that they mentioned that this is like the first United Nations action movie like in all the other action movies it's either like a U.S. soldier or like if you're in China they'll have like Chinese army guys or maybe it's just a U.S. citizen but for this guy to actually be a U.N. operative is kind of kind of a weird thing. Hmm. That is odd. Also, the fact that, like, he's supposed, like, everything about the United Nations is supposed to technically about, be about keeping peace. And then there, you've got Donald Sutherland, Douglas Thomas, who is a peacemonger. And you know that there's not going to be a heck of a lot of peace in this movie. Peacemonger. <laughs> Just love that term. 
It's 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 a much less exciting villain than Warmonger for Iron Man to fight. <laughs> Have you thought about not fighting Iron Man? Uh no. Here to Think stop you. Think about it. <laughs> I can't actually do anything there's a, to uh, stop you from fighting. There's a VG Cats like alternate universe comic that's like reverses how video games played out. So there's a classic video game called uh Civil Conflict. Okay. C- Civil Combat, which is a parody of Mortal Kombat. It's like, get over here! We'll solve our problems with <laughs> equal conversation! That is essentially the premise of Squirrel Girl, I will Basically, say. Basically, yes. She still punches people, well, but she like, she to. tries to talk to them first. She She's doesn't the best start kind with of punching. Pacifist. Uh, in his latest mission, this is the Wesley Snipes character. Yes. He finds himself. Sun Tzu. Yes. <laughs> He's undercover as Neil Shaw, yes. but actually he's the immortal Sun Tzu, a vampire from ancient China, <laughs> who is in blackface now for some reason. Problematic. Still a daywalker. <laughs> in his latest mission, he finds himself caught in a web of intrigue, preceding a momentous UN-brokered trade agreement between China and the West. Everyone west of China. Just westward across the globe, everyone there. All the way up to, like, the other border. Yes. Um, it's, but it's anyone like, north or directly south of China? Nah, not dealing with those guys. No. That whole chunk of Russia? Nope. Bringing many decades of isolationist foreign policy to an end and opening China's billion-strong population to the world market. <laughs> what <laughs> crazy fantasy world is this? This, is, this happens in, like, 2001. Like, we already had this. Richard Nixon already went over there and opened all that up. For the most part. This may be, have been made before that. When was this made? It has Wesley Snipes in it. He's been around for a while. He has not been around longer than before Richard Nixon was president as an actor. <laughs> okay? This, this is contemporary. This is like 2001-ish. <laughs> I don't have like the date written down here, so that, but it's like early 2000s. We are not like way far back in the past. Ambassador Wu and businessman David Sean have been working hard on behalf of the Chinese government to represent their country's interests in the deal. Okay. However, during a lush banquet held in New York, Wu was shot dead mid-speech, and his son turns out to be Black Panther. I'm sorry, wait, wrong movie. <laughs> Which turns <laughs> Sean's world completely upside down. Actually, he probably wouldn't be the Black Panther. It'd probably be a different color. We're just going to... Marvel has lightly their, tiptoe or, around that no, one. Sorry, DC has the Red Lion, which is exactly Black Panther. Oh, is he? Okay, Only a different costume green color. I was just going to change the color, and I, I thought that might not be cool with some people. <laughs> um, it wasn't going to go red, though. Apparently, suspected by FBI investigator Capella of the Acapellas oh. of being the gunman, Shaw is forced underground on a long and winding search for the real assassin. The fugitive? I guess. I also don't get, like, why do they suspect him? I mean, I I guess there's a good reason in the movie, but it just seems like, it was you, wasn't it? You're the only UN action hero that we've possibly ever found. And he's like, I must go fight for the real assassin. He was the first. It's also kind of the plot of uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Along for the ride is UN translator Julia, whose friend was killed as an innocent bystander during the fray. I mean, every the people. Why is she along for the? Well, no, I was going to say everybody was innocent. It seems like like the dude who's trying to make the peace treaty was also innocent. 
yeah. of crimes. <laughs> the fact that the fact that this person wasn't actually doing anything doesn't make them like more sympathetic. It's like I wasn't even supposed to be here. Well, you know, the guy who was supposed to be here was trying to bring about world peace. So maybe <laughs> we should mourn him first. I mean, Wesley Sims trying to get shot. No, why I'm not saying Wesley. The, I don't know why she, her friend is her friend was killed. Right. So she's like, I must avenge my friend who didn't do anything. And also, I guess this other guy who was trying to bring about world Maybe peace. Maybe that was her friend? No, that's what I'm saying. She was an innocent bystander. It's a different person. But she's a translator. Uh, yes. And no, maybe she was her friend wasn't a translator, though. It no, but the, say the, that. the girl is a translator. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was translating for the guy and he was her friend. Or maybe her friend was in a security detail. The, the, this is one of the longer descriptions that we've had. And yet the more we There's more not a lot read, going the on here. answers that I have are not in forthcoming. Unfortunately, what I'm getting from this is excuse, excuse, excuse. Wesley ch- snaps chased by Asian guys with guns. Excuse, excuse, explosion. Yeah, well, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's, it's, it's a, it's an excuse the for movie. people to have fight scenes. Also, Sun Tzu's book title, because artsy. Yeah, they haven't mentioned that at all. Like, they just. It probably comes up. I'm sure it does. I probably, but, what's the same? I probably just quotes it throughout the whole movie. <laughs> like, in the words of Sun Tzu, blah, blah, blah. If you are on the high ground, <laughs> Anakin, you have to give up or something. I don't know. <laughs> If you have the high ground, Obi-Wan Kenobi will not be able to cut off your legs. Wait. <laughs> I got the book wrong. I'm sorry. Even though they can jump like 20 feet in the air, what's up with that? Unfortunately, as- Unsubtle metaphors about morality. I mean, that's what movies are. I know. Like, that's that's not a star- like, oh my goodness, Star Wars, an unsubtle met- metaphor about reality? That's every movie. I mean, not either it's about, like, morality gone awry or, like, the good guys win because they're good. The first Star Wars. Unfortunately, <laughs> as the unlikely pair delves further into the conspiracy aimed at derailing the trade agreement, which uh, thanks for bringing back around that this is just about like some stupid trade agreement. <laughs> it is Star Wars Episode 1. <laughs> like, do you, have you thought about all the jobs that will be lost if this doesn't go down? Also, the whole war that we might have, but mostly the jobs. Well, that, that's the thing, though. Like, we're in a trade war right now. Like, we are living out the negative outcome of this oh. movie in the present day. And it's not as... Ma- Good going, Wesley Snipes. Way to drop the ball. <sighs> anyway, they, as they do this, they uncover that it runs deep both within the Chinese underworld and the administration of the United Nations. So do they just not want peace with China? And they're just like, let's fake it and then shoot this dude. Maybe... There's always somebody who's, like, making money illegitimately who wants the illegitimacy to stay because they have a monopoly, basically, because of the illegitimacy. Fair enough. So maybe that, but again, I think it's just a lot of excuses to have fight scenes. Yeah. Up next... Sounds more like a Steven Seagal movie than a Wesley Simons movie. (laughs) Well, up next we have The Art of War 2. Betrayal. He was betrayed in the last movie. (laughs) Uh, no, this is the real betrayal. Oh, so this is exactly the same movie then. Agent Nigel Snaw. Snaw. Agent Nigel Snaw, see? Agent Nigel Shaw comes out of, and they have this in quotes, retirement. I guess he was like beating up like thugs and stuff in his <laughs> spare time because he couldn't let it go. Um, he retired to uh, join his former trainer, uh, Whistler, to hunt vampires <laughs> in Portugal. 
or no, Prague. He comes out of retirement to avenge the murder of his former mentor. Whistler. Yeah, yeah, the, the, <laughs> they don't pull away from the <laughs> comparisons to Blade, do they? <laughs> Blade 2's on Netflix now. I gotta check that out, it's by the way. It's a great movie. Del Toro, man. Yeah, I know. I've only seen one. Along the way, he allows himself to do some work for a friend. Wait, what? You could just say he does some work for a friend. Why do they? Ha- why does he have to allow himself to do it? Because he's got this whole mission. And he's like, I also want to keep up my friendships because those are important. <laughs> I guess that I, is I guess fair. I he's can. like, I am so focused on avenging the murder of my former mentor. And but he's it's like, good to help your. Friends. Could you help me out of my taco shack too? It's like, ah, <laughs> fine. Just so you know, this whole time he's being a secret agent. Picture him in full blade getting up with the sword and everything. <laughs> I don't see any reason not to do it's that. Fine. I, th- I don't think that's probably far from accurate. Like he probably <laughs> just in like a black suit instead of like the leather. But other than that, basically yes, mm-hmm. and maybe not a sword some of the time. He allows himself to do some work for a friend, an actor turning s- um, an actor turning candidate for the Senate. What's an actor becoming a politician? Psh. That that can't possibly go badly. Any of the times that's ever possibly happened, maybe. He ends up trying to protect current Senator Carlson from possible assassination. Well, he's not helping his friend that much, is he? Uh, He he can still help his friend run or something, but (laughs) he's he's still just like, let's not get this poor guy die. (laughs) He's just going up to doors and knocking on them. I'm here to campaign against the stupid policies of Senator Carlson. Also, you're under arrest for a murder. (laughs) Punch. Shaw does his digging and finds a round robin of political corruption and dead bodies keep piling up. A romance starts brewing when Shaw's mentor's daughter, Melina, starts sticking to him like glue. Blade 3. I haven't seen that one either. Nah, nah, don't. Okay, I won't. (laughs) <laughs> the the like the implication that she's just like won't leave him alone th- that's <laughs> the character that nobody ever likes yeah. in a movie the character is just like i want to hang out i want to hang out i want to hang out and you can't get away from them and they don't ever shut up like the only one of those i've ever seen done well is jade from jackie chan adventures just because she eventually became overpowered <laughs> okay like he would like lo- leave her with a secret agent Go on the mission, and she would just be there ahead of him and just give him a heart attack by saying, hi, Jackie. Oh, so the implication was that she would, like, her powers... She was just a normal girl, but she would just, like, pop up there and hijack, and he would have a heart attack, basically. Okay. Just, how do you do that? And then, at one point, one of the villains starts hanging out with her, or starts hanging out with them because he needs their help. And she does that, and he goes, that's why she's always here. Here, I thought you were just horribly irresponsible, Jackie. (laughs) Next up, we have The Art of War 3. Retribution. He already had the revenge in the last movie. He was betraying the first one. Then in betrayal, he had revenge. Now there's retribution. They, uh, I, so, I, you know what? I'll make my commentary as we get into this. All right. When international diplomacy comes up short, extreme measures must be taken. Are we still dealing with the UN trade deal? Yeah. <laughs> it's a different, a different jobs package. Now he's trying to get, uh, get some tax reforms passed, you know? Oh. It's really important. It's about <laughs> he's still working for his friend, the senator. I mean, I laugh. You, you laugh a little bit, but I mean, there is some stuff like, you know, goals for like not having famines and people mm-hmm. not starving to death. And we've actually made some really good strides, uh, maybe not directly 100 percent because of the U.N., but the U.N. sort of 
coordinates a lot of that stuff. Yes. There's a lot fewer people starving to death today than there used to be, which is cool. I give it 20 years. I'm sure we'll break it again. But it doesn't make for the plot of an action movie super well. Like, the villain is always trying to blow up a bunch of people. It's never like, I'm just going to stop you from having crops that will grow in extremely arid soil. <laughs> then you'll have undernourished children, and in the future, millions of people will die. Even though that's, like, arguably as horrible, if not more horrible, than, like, I'm going to shoot your friend or whatever. That's more. You can't... Uh, yes, I, I think it's more... But you can't make a movie about that, because it doesn't have that visceral punch. The million is a statistic, yes. Yes, well, especially a million in the future. Yes. Because they're... Millions like, of people that may or may not be born. Yes. <laughs> but it is... Because a, of me. It's something that you should think about in real life. Anyway, in the newest installment of The Art of War, Agent Neil Shaw, played by Naughty by Nature sensation, Treach. I'm assuming that's a band? I also have no idea. We are not cool enough to know who Treach is, but you know who he's not. He's not Wesley Snipes. He is not. Apparently, at this point in the saga of the making of the Art of War films, Wesley Snipes' tax evasion problems had <laughs> caught up with him, and he was no longer eligible to be That, or maybe he tried Agent the same Shaw. crap with this director he did for the director of Blade 3, and the guy was just like, nope, go home. I, maybe... I thought I thought both were possible. The thing is, I don't think, especially now, Wesley Snipes is not above anything. So I would assume now that he's back out, he's probably down for like the Art of War four. He's down for Blade four. <laughs> yes. Well, Blade four that probably what people have heard of. These didn't even make it to theaters. <laughs> like the first one, I think, was in theaters, and the rest of them were like, "What about that direct to DVD action audience, guys?" Treach is oh, okay. No, uh, Agent Neil Shaw. <laughs> Agent Neil Shaw is on a covert mission to stop North Korean terrorists from obtaining a nuclear bomb. Now see, this, this is the plot of an action movie. It's not about treaties. It's not about the future. It's about saving somebody right now. To be fair, the last two were at least, while not super interesting, unique because of that. Now this is just like throw a dartboard at 80s action movies plots. Or, you know, last year's Twitter panic about what might actually happen i mean they did obtain a nuclear bomb yes apparently so mission good failed. job not wesley snipes <laughs> Treach, way to drop the ball you failed us you had one job actually you had several jobs but this is the only one that counted but when the deal turns deadly i, I don't know that there was any point when the deal wasn't deadly because they were trying to obtain a nuclear bomb <laughs> But, okay. I'm picturing, like, the most civil terrorist Wilson. Good day, sir. I'm here to purchase the nuclear warhead. Here's a tip of $2 million. Psych! I don't have a nuclear warhead. And they just mow him down. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you have you have offended us. Men, open fire. Is no this your He's, North like, Korean really accent? British. I don't know what was going on there. But that guy was after a nuclear bomb, apparently. Shaw is drawn into the crossfire to save a beautiful facilitator. Playboy model, Sung Hee Lee. And ends up framed for murder. Wow, they uh, they really just recycle in the first movie with a nuclear bomb, huh? Wow. It's like they get the complaints about how it wasn't an action enough. It's like, let's do the first one only end in a generic action movie plot. Yeah. Um, now what? Nobody it, saw the first one. Who will care? That's fair. Or the, well, yeah, but the people who are gonna watch Art of War three probably saw the first it was one. Probably in a three pack with the first two. Let's be honest. 
Now a wanted man with his newbie partner and the mysterious facilitator by his side. Because in the first one it was a translator and they couldn't do that again. So they had to oh, yeah, no. invent a facilitator as a plot point. It's the go-between. <laughs> what does that mean? I f- everybody's a facilitator. The, the facilitator and these kind of deals, like a weapons deal, is the neutral party who is to make sure everybody, like, you bring the weapons, you bring the money, nobody shoots each other, we all move, go home with money and happy. Well, she should have been the first one to die because she failed. It didn't work. Well, yes, but she she's pretty. Oh, and the rest I'm of them sorry. are probably dudes. Yeah, okay. Or then. in suits and not weirdly scantily clad. <laughs> Shaw must rely <laughs> on his kick butt martial arts skills and bad butt warrior code. I've censored that for you guys since my son is in the room mm-hmm. to fight through Korea's mean streets and find the terrorists before they detonate the bomb at a United Nations peace summit. I mean, to be fair, it wouldn't make a difference if they did because it's the United Nations. And they don't they don't ever do anything. Either the U.S. or Russia would veto the bill and nothing would happen. I know how this works. This. Maybe we should get rid of those two countries. <laughs> or just kick them off the Security Council. Except then there wouldn't be United Nations because they'd be like, we're taking our bowl and going home. And they're the ones with all the nukes. <laughs> the final <laughs> sentence... This is like, this is my favorite thing about this whole episode where it like something somebody actually wrote about the Art of War 3 retribution. In summation, this is war. And there is an art to it. Is it like. Is it like in its blue period? <laughs> is it abstract? You say that and it's kind of funny, but then if you think about it, like art really has gone through some. I mean, war has gone. Wow. War has really gone through some transformations. Yes. You know, like... The invention of, like, high-velocity projectiles kind of changed things a lot. Well, also the invention of guerrilla warfare. Like, the the battles that are being fought today are almost never fought out in the open. Between major powers, right? Like, it's either a (laughs) proxy war... Where, like, the U.S. is backing a certain group in Syria, and then the Russians are backing a different group in Syria, and, like, they're very, very careful not to be shooting each other directly, or Mm -hmm. it's, like, you know, some guys who are just in civilian clothes planting a bomb and running away and shooting at some people. Like, large-scale war is almost impossible now because of nuclear weapons. It's It's either impossible or, like, it costs so much... That it's just not worth it for anybody. There was my uh, my history teacher in college was talking about the uh, the American Civil War and about the English getting angry because they were doing the whole like line up and fire and then Americans like now we're gonna hide in the trees and shoot you when you're co- close, right? It's like that's not how men wage war. It's like yeah, that's how we don't die though. <laughs> that's not the Civil War though. It's the well the Revolution. I guess it was kind of a Civil War at the time though. It was yeah. It was the it was a war for independence. We they, were all they, were, they still considered themselves British. Yep. Okay. I I I'm I misspoke, my... but yes, I can defend my poorly word stance. I could be president. Well, that is going to do it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our uh, thoughts on these very weird descriptions of the Art of War trilogy. As far as I know, there's only four so far. Keep your eyes open for a fourth one, though. Or, man, there's only three so far. I was going to say. My brain is ahead of my words. Oh. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. All right, bye. 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 (laughs) He talked.